Yeah, it's sports talk from the three bros. Something you can bet on like Pete Rose. And you better not miss it like some free throws. Giving taste is more accurate than Drew Brees throws. And it might get explosive like some C4. We just giving you a look inside the peephole. So if you got a weak take, you better keep those. And get your cheeks swole when you step into the ring with the Amiibros. Yes, sir. It's the Amiibros podcast back at you for another week. I'm your host, Damon Martin. Fellas, how we feeling? Jared, man, JDZ. What's going on, boys? I'm feeling great, man. You know, um, in case you guys, you know, have been living under a bubble, my Duke Blue Devils got some revenge this past weekend. You know, moving forward, about to win the national championship. So let's go, baby. Let's go. Okay. Okay. 85, how so, you feeling over there, man? I've never heard the term living under a bubble. I've heard living in a bubble or living under a rock. But anyway, I'm doing all right. Besides the fact that uh, you have to be doing both in order to not know what Zion's doing. Uh, <laughs> well, I, I'm doing all right. Went to the dentist today. It was not a, a great day. Mouth been on swole. Um, oh, plus, uh, hold on. What? Plus, saying? huh? Um, plus on numb. They uh, whenever I I don't think I've been to the dentist in a, in a long time where they actually took a needle and stuck it in your gums and uh, just to try to numb it. So that was a uh, not very, not very. Uh, I don't know, soothing. But with that being said, well, Jared, on, Jared, you do, Jared, but you do it. know that when we get since we were kids, when we got fillings, like they use a needle. It was never any like gel. You're thinking about like aura gel. They always use a needle. Well, maybe they just use funny laughing gas to put me to sleep because that was terrible today. Um, I'm not gonna lie. I almost punched dude in the face. Um, so, uh, oh my, my fist was balling up like, like author, like the author meme. Um, wow. so literally I was like, this dude's about to catch one more dig. Uh, and this Sounds dude's like about to get toxic, toxic masculinity to me, buddy. I don't want to experience that in case you guys, um, don't know. I've never had a cavity before, so I've never actually had to deal with that. So oh, sounds oh, terrible. awesome. Well, yeah, let's, uh, get into what we need to be talking <laughs> about there, fellas. Uh, but yeah, all seriousness, guys, uh, congratulations to Jeremy's and, uh, his, uh, Duke Blue Devils of p- pulling off, uh, the ACC tournament, uh, victory, uh, down in Charlotte, man. Uh, and the ACC got three number one season as well. So, uh, what are you guys' prediction as the overall uh, champion? Who do you feel like was maybe on the bubble that uh, should have maybe gotten the tournament but got turned away? Uh, what you guys think? Let's start with uh, 85 over there. So, um, what I get out of this is I was right. Um, I said on last week's podcast, four number one seeds should be UNC, Duke, UVA, and Gonzaga. I was correct. I said after that, it should be followed by Kentucky, Tennessee, and whoever wins the Big Ten championship. That's Michigan State. I was right. Um, I, I didn't expect Michigan to, to sneak in with that last number two because they've lost three straight get- times to Michigan State, but maybe that's just a bad matchup. Overall, um, I like UNC's chances. I uh, I was I thought the Duke UNC game was one of the best games in college basketball in a while, um, and and you know I wasn't even disappointed UNC lost. I I didn't think it was good for UNC to go into to the tournament winning too many games in a row. I, I wouldn't want them to go into the tournament on a 13-game win streak or whatever it would have been. I think that would have put too much pressure on them. I think it's sometimes you need to take that loss, need to regroup. You need to have some focus during that week off. 
Uh, so I thought it came at the right time. If you look at the last few times UNC's won the ACC tournament, they haven't won the NCAA. But the last three national titles they have, they won the regular season ACC, which they did this year. They lost in the semifinals, which they did this year. And Duke won the actual ACC tournament, which happened this year. And then UNC followed it up by winning a national title. Um, so overall, I'm I'm, uh, I'm pretty confident with my pick that I made last week. I still think UNC is going to win it. Um, just some predictions that I'm going to throw out. I got Liberty upsetting Mississippi State first round. Liberty is uh, a, a sleeper of mine, 28-6, and I believe, or 28-5 on the, on the season. Beat UCLA badly at Pauley's, I think, by like 20. I think they're going to beat Mississippi State. You know, UCLA wasn't that good. UCLA wasn't that bad either. And uh, if I'm going to go through the rest of the kind of bracket a little bit of, of some upset pits that I have, this I don't consider necessarily upset. Wofford was 29-4, and four, but they're a seven seed. Take Seton Hall. They're the 10 seed. Seton Hall's got a dominant point guard. They're a scrappy team, and they have more talent. Wofford has a uh, a legit bona fide NBA shooter on their team um, who's hit the most three-pointers in a season since Steph Curry. But I don't think they can athletically compete with Seton Hall for the entire game. That's another upset pick of mine. Uh, but overall, snub-wise, and I'll let Jeremy get in, uh, NC State I thought was the biggest snub. Um, I thought Clemson had had a legitimate argument to be made, but they didn't win enough games versus quad one teams, uh, which is kind of a new metric. But from the tournament committee, they said we're going away from BPI and we're going to the net ranking. NC State had a net ranking of 32, and they somehow missed the tournament. And here's the worst part. Not only did they miss the tournament, but if you're looking at the uh, what, what everybody else kind of said, they did this year where the final four or the last four that missed it, they, the, the committee came out with who were the last four that would have been in. NC State wasn't even in the next four. So I, I, I don't get it at all how NC State, with the record they had and with the net ranking of 32, playing in by far the toughest conference in, in the country, got left out. And teams like St. John's playing in the Big East who had a net ranking of 68 got into the tournament. So uh, that was probably my biggest snub. But overall, I got no complaints because if you're not securely in, if you're on the bubble, that's your fault. You got to win more games and not leave yourself on the outside looking in. Jeremy. Yeah, man. That's Yeah, Jared, I'm actually not going to disagree with a lot of your points. I thought you made some valid points. Um, I think UNC does have a chance to win a national championship this season. I think Duke should still be the the odds-on, very heavy favorite um, going forward. The I, the thing Duke has going against him, Duke has two things. One, if Zion gets in foul trouble. If Zion gets in foul trouble, we could be in some trouble because like Zion is pretty much the whole team. Uh, R.J. Barrett's good, but, I mean, I, I don't know. I just don't see it from R.J. Barrett. I think I was expecting a little bit more. Um, and I think he will be better at the next level. I think R.J. Barrett, just a little side note, will be really, really good at the next level because, for one, he's more of a slasher. He's more of a scorer, but it's not off of uh, off of shooting a lot. It's more of slashing, getting around the rim. And he can't really he can't really slash, for one, but they, because they got so soft in college basketball that dudes literally just flop and get charge calls. I saw the dude from Florida State literally not get touched and fall back and they call a charge. Um, so I think that'll help him. But then also, Duke doesn't have any shooters. And I think that's what R.J. Barrett needs around. If he has some shooters that could spread the floor, they couldn't pack the paint so tightly, uh, which would allow him to do a little bit more of what he does. But 
I think if Zion gets in foul trouble, Duke can be in some trouble. Uh, Duke obviously is out of all 68 teams that are in the tournament. If you include the, the not 68, is it 68 or yeah, 68. Uh, yeah, out of all 68 teams, Duke is the worst ranked three point shooting team in the tournament. Duke is 349 out of 362 NCAA teams in, in the three point shooting. So uh, that could come back to Biden if somebody gets hot. But overall, I've ne- I'm I'm thinking back in my lifetime. I don't remember more hype around a player going into an NCAA tournament than Zion. I mean, I think this is like going back to like Bird and Magic type hype for the NCAA tournament. Yeah, it's, nobody it's, else had it's pretty role. special. Yeah, it it, yeah. Depends. it depends. I think you you had Shaq, you had Duncan, but I, I would agree they because did, he's so kind of hype. And I would say, yeah, that's what from, I'm and, and I would say, stuff stuff had a lot of when he was when Davidson was kind of cooking, and I don't think that was necessarily going into the tournament. But when the tournament started and stuff started cooking, it was uh, it was must watch yeah. TV. Yeah, it's been it's been a lot of must watch TV. But I'm talking about from the point standpoint of he plays ACC championship first game, and it's like a block of every sports news show on TV. Like nobody's yeah, had that it's a, it's in college basketball. Around Zion, well deserved. Yeah. I mean, but so yeah, I mean, yeah, he came back and went and shot thirteen for thirteen from the field. I mean, I, I think it's pretty deserved. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, but over overall, I, a few upsets I see. I think Gonzaga's going to lose second round. I think Syracuse is going to pull off the upset. Um, Gonzaga has really good bigs, but their guard play is really shaky, especially when you can pressure the ball. That's what Syracuse does best: running that zone. They're going to make sure that um, you know they're not getting a lot of. Touches inside, make people shoot outside shots, and I think that's going to affect Gonzaga a lot. So I think Gonzaga's going to lose second round. Jeremy, when do you watch One Gonzaga? Of the, I think the, Not to say that you don't. Man, that's pretty impressive. Like when do you, Jared? Do you watch Gonzaga? I watch Gonzaga when I bet on Gonzaga, so that's fairly often. Yeah. I mean, you got to understand. Most of the time when Gonzaga comes on, they're after the the East Coast games, so they're the only thing to watch on TV. So I, I get to watch Gonzaga quite a bit. Um, uh, but yeah, they they've got really good files. Actually, no. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, no, no. Most of the time for me is, all right, if I won my first bet of the night and I want to kind of push it a little bit, I'll take it. I'm like, oh, Gonzaga's playing. Who? All right, just throw it back on Gonzaga. And then I I, I watch the first half. Gonzaga's up 22, <laughs> and then I go to sleep. That's usually the way it works. <laughs> go to sleep and sleep well, right? Yep, I sleep well. I'm like, oh, I just needed them to cover 12. They're up 22 at half. Good. I'm going to go to sleep now. Right. As far as far as the upsets, you said I think this is going to be a pretty much chalk uh, tournament for the most part. I think um, you you said Mississippi State losing to Liberty. I could possibly see that. The ones I'm going to point out, I think Murray State has a chance to go because John ja, ja Morant um, is yeah he's a monster. It's going to be a really good matchup. Um, I'm slipping the name of the guy uh, Marcus. Uh, I can't think of his last name. Um, the point guard from Marquette is also really, really good. That's going to be a really good matchup yeah. um, in the Goldstein, first game. I believe it is. What, what is it? I'll, I'll look it up in a second. But, yeah, um, that, that's going to be a really good um, a really good game. Uh, Marcus Howard. I knew it was Marcus something. So, Marcus Howard, that's going to be a really good game. Another thing, I, another game I think is going to be uh, – I don't really call it an upset – I think New Mexico State is going to beat Auburn in the first round, and I think it's going to be pretty bad. New Mexico State is really, really good. Um, it looked like um, 
they were going to be, I mean, obviously they were really dominant all season. They had 30 wins, only four losses. Um, and if you've watched them play, they've, they've beaten some really good competition. So I think they're going to be Auburn first round. Uh, Nevada, I think, can make a run uh, in the tournament. They're really, really solid. So there's a lot of teams that can make a run. But overall, I see my final four being Duke. Uh, I'm actually going to pick Texas Tech to make it out of the Gonzaga bracket. I'm going to pick North Carolina. Um, and I'm going to pick uh, Tennessee. So it's going to be... You know, nothing but ones, twos, and threes. So that's kind of what my bracket looks like. Well, Jeremy, quick question for you. Uh, there's there's uh-huh. two things. One, you brought up, um, which I found fascinating. You, pit, you you said Nevada could go on a run. I think one of the most intriguing matchups. We're talking about first weekend upsets. Tennessee has Nevada's second round. That is not an easy second round matchup. Um, Nevada caught a seven seed, which I thought was pretty low for – the talent they have, they made the elite eight, I believe it was last year. Um, I, I I don't agree with the well, New Mexico State. That that, that that's uh, you got it backwards. That's Michigan that has Nevada. Uh, oh, second Michigan. Round. Oh yeah, that, you're right. Michigan, the two seed, caught Nevada. That's a that's a tough yeah. one. And then also you throw in the fact that I don't I don't believe in New Mexico State beating Auburn because Auburn's playing really well. Auburn beat Tennessee in the the game before the SEC tournament, then went through the SEC tournament. But here's the thing about Auburn: Auburn's up and down. The reason is. If they get hot, they can beat anybody because they shoot more threes and they're good at shooting threes. I mean, you saw them run Tennessee out the building with by, by 20 the other night. I actually got Auburn as that sneak team that gets into the Sweet 16, plays UNC super tough at a game that UNC maybe squeaks by before I got them playing Duke in the national championship game. So I got a rematch of Duke-UNC national championship game, which if that happens, will be the greatest national championship game of all time. Yeah, it would be kind of crazy. Um, I'm definitely looking forward to uh, getting down and uh, trying to figure out this bracket. And I look forward to taking y'all's money as well. So any listeners that uh, want to uh, – let's do this, guys. You guys want to do a, a Me Bro podcast, maybe a bracket pool for anybody who wants to join us? That might be kind of dope. But maybe uh, maybe I do, might do that, but I plan on taking uh, the fellas' money in our uh, personal bracket. So, yeah, moving right along. Uh, Mike Trout uh, just got the bag. Uh, twelve years, four hundred twenty million. Uh, four hundred thirty. Don't take away ten million. Thirty. Oh, sorry, I can't see. <laughs> four thirty. Because that's an extra ten million. Um, As if he did, bro. <laughs> your boy got the like stupid bag. They say he's making ninety eight thousand dollars a day. Um, yes. Let's start with Jerry, man. You think uh, uh, the Angels tripping? Like what? What's going on? Overall, I think. I think it's a lot of money. I think it's well-deserved. Um, Mike Trout is going to go down as probably the top 10 player of all time. When you hear baseball, like I feel like there are some names that are like hollowed in baseball, you know, Ted Williams, Mickey Mantle, Babe Ruth, stuff like that. The way Mike Trout's career has, you know, started, he's going to be in that same, you know, in the same company of those players when it comes to where he is in the all-time ranks. I mean, he's one of the greatest hitters, one of the greatest fielders. I mean, he's overall, it's an all-around great player. I think if they're making money and they can afford to pay him, he deserves whatever they can pay him. Now, speaking of uh, Mike Trout, I wonder if Kyler Murray saw this and said, hey, maybe I need to go back and uh, reconsider this whole playing football thing. $430 million? 
I saw Eli Manning is going to take over as the highest played player in NFL history this year at about $275 million over his entire career. And he's taken a lot more hits. And one deal, almost double it. I mean, well, not almost double it, but almost time and a half. I mean, that's it's, it's, it's amazing. I think he deserves it. I'm a little disappointed from my perspective because everybody knows I'm a Red Sox fan. And I think Mookie Betts is really going to have to get uh, his bag as well in, a couple, in about a year. So uh, I thought the Red Sox should have signed him a little early. He's going to be coming looking for Mike Trout money. He just won an MVP over Mike Trout. So uh, from a selfish perspective, I think the Red Sox should have already locked up Mookie Betts so they don't have to deal with this now. But good job for uh, Mike, Mike Trout, man. I'm never going to be one that says a player shouldn't get his money um, unless it's a hard cap and he plays on my team and somebody else deserves it more. But, I mean, no cap league, go get your money. I, I will tell you, Jeremy, although Mookie Betts is going to get uh, – he's going to get paid. I mean, Mookie Betts is going to get big money. He's not going to, and he shouldn't get Mike Trout money. Mike Trout is if he, he, if he make, was another MVP, if, if he if he's back to back MVPs, you're gonna have to pay him like Mike Trout. Yeah, you're gonna. Have to, if he was back to back MVPs, yeah. That, but here's the thing: Mike Trout literally could make the argument that through his first what ten years now, is it ten years in the league so far? And he's like, I think he's like 28. He may have had the yeah. best ten year start to a career in the history of baseball. Statistically, analytically, everything has said he's had the best ten year start in the history of baseball. He literally came in 18 years old and was second for the MVP behind. And the only reason he didn't win, and he got first place votes versus Miguel Cabrera, who hit for the Triple Crown for the first time in like 50 years. He is that good. He's defensively is one of the best outfielders in baseball. He's one of the best hitters of all time. Mike Trout, I'm going to say this, and this is going to sound crazy. Mike Trout gave the, the, the Angels a discount. I'm going to tell you why he gave the Angels a discount. If Mike Trout hit the open market, Mike Trout could have gotten $600 million. He signed no, early. <laughs> Mike Trout could have gotten $600 million in an open market. I'm sorry. Look, no, as, as much as as much as much everybody's like, oh, yeah, this, this contract, this contract, this contract. $600 million. Mike Trout is that good. I, I think this Jared, is the thing that we look good. At. No team is making that much money. You're going to be a, operating at a loss no, that, if you no, pay no, him $600 million. No, no, no. That's, the, that's what people are forgetting. So all these new TV contracts for baseball are astronomical. And here's why. If you're trying to – basically what's, what's, what's happening, I'll kind of give you guys a lesson on, on TV right now. If you look at this, there's so many sports channels. Back in the day, it was, it was really ESPN, ESPN2, and that was about it. Well, now you look, there's, there's so many sports channels, and there's so many different avenues where people are trying to get sports. So now Hulu has sports. Now a lot of the streaming services are starting to have sports. Now you got – uh, Fox Sports 1, Fox Sports 2, NBC Sports, CBS Sports, ESPN 1, 2, ESPN 3, the MLB Network. You have all these, these different networks that need time to, to fill. They need to, to fill space. Even the, like the TBSs and Turner Sports here fill space with Braves games. And because of that, Braves or whoever your, your favorite Major League Baseball team has 162 games a year and each game lasts three hours. That's a whole lot of space to be filled. So you're looking at a lot of these contracts. A lot of these teams are making $2 billion, $3 billion in contracts for a season. So if you're saying, all right, if I got to pay Mike Trout $600 million over 
12, I over in this case to probably 12, 13, 14 years. That's nothing compared to the pie, especially when you look at the amount of the the, the amount that you're going to be generating over that period of time. That's not even including how many how many corporate seats you got. That's not including how many actual butts you put in the seats, how many Mike Trout jerseys you would sell. If it was a different team that offered, let's say Mike Trout went to the Yankees. How many Yankees jerseys do they they sell of Mike Trout? And I think this is just illustrates how much the NBA players are being suckered by this max contract. Because if you could imagine, I think that I think it's smart for the NBA that they have um, a cap, a salary cap, and they have max contracts. It's the only way that the smaller uh, organizations can compete. But if LeBron, say ten years ago, or right now. I'd say the best example right now, if Giannis could sign a, a, a contract based on his value, Giannis would beat this contract. Giannis is 24, 25, and he's putting up so many points, so many rebounds, so many blocks. He's never been injured. The, the, the sky's the limit. I mean, Steph Curry would go for at least 400, $500 million, somewhere in that range. I mean, I think at the end of the day, this is what it takes. This is what the market dictates. But I don't think it was some people are making an astronomical deal. I think this is why I said I thought Bryce Harper Harper's deal was very team friendly. And I think this one I don't say was team friendly, but I think he could have gotten more if he had the open market. Jared, one last one last thing I'll throw in. Just on the whole Mookie Betts argument, I think you gotta make sure you're not selling him short too. Cause as great as Mike Trout is, Mookie Betts could go down as being one of the greatest baseball players of all time, too. He's already three time gold glove. He's only in his fifth year. He's batting a career. He's got a career 303 batting average, and he's hit, hit 110 home runs in his first five seasons. So, um, I mean, you you look at a guy who's that small, still so many bases, over 100 stolen bases, um, one of maybe 40 guys, Mike Trout included, to be in the 30-30 club, 30 steals and 30 home runs in the same season, just did that last year. So, um, I'm hoping we get him on a, on a solid deal. But, I mean, Mookie Betts is going to – require a lot of money and it might be in the mic in the mic try to ball ballpark because you're going to have a whole bunch of teams trying to take him away from the red Sox. you do realize though mike trout's only a year older than mookie betts yeah yeah mookie betts came in a little older but i'm, I'm just saying i'm talking about what level they're playing at right now like mookie betts the last three years is at two years where he finished top two in the mvp so if he does that again i mean you're gonna if he does that again mike, yeah but i yeah. i think mike trout's finished top Let's see. Mike, Mike Trout in his first full season finished second for MVP. Next season finished second. Next season finished first. Next season finished second. Next season finished first. Next season finished fourth. Last year finished second. So he's finished top four in MVP all of his seven years that he's played uh, a complete season. I mean that's that, and that was from the, the his nineteenth birthday. I mean that that's unbelievable, unbelievable. Yeah, yeah. yeah I, I'm not arguing their their, their plays more of. I agree. The market is what it is. <laughs> yeah, agree. man. I mean, <clears throat> 430 million dollars, like for real, that's retarded. That's that's crazy. Two point nine eight million dollars per month for twelve years. <laughs> yeah, here's, here's what's happening though. Baseball players are going back to this old sign long, long, long contracts, which is smart. From a per-year standpoint, I don't think he's making much more than LeBron's contract is in L.A. Um, LeBron got four years, $153 million. So uh, that's, what, $37 million a year or so? 
Uh, I, that's got to be in the range of, his, of Mike Trout's deal. But obviously, you get that for 12 years. That's just money. Yeah, for sure. For sure. So let's pop back into the NBA, man. Uh, Popovich secures his 22nd straight season with the winning record. I mean, I was looking at that last night when they when they talked about that stat. Uh, and by the way, uh, they were talking about that while the Spurs dominated the Warriors, um, which was kind of interesting in itself. But uh, how impressive is Popovich with this uh, incredible record? Let's start with 85 this time. Man, I, I don't know how else to say this. Greg Popovich is the greatest coach of all time in professional basketball. Um, Phil Jackson gets a lot of credit, and I give Phil a ton of credit. And I'm not acting like Greg Popovich would win all these titles if he didn't have Tim Duncan and David Robinson and Manny Ginobili and, and Tony Parker. And there's a there's a lot of share. I think when you look at great franchises, you look at at great organizations, you have to, they have to have a great front office and great coaching. Um, and and I think there's nobody that can deny that R.C. Buford is one of the greatest GMs of all time for the Spurs. I mean, he found Tony Parker with the 26th pick in the draft. He found Manage Nobly at the end of the draft. He found – I mean, if you look at all these European players, he was really the first one to start scouting Euro- European players so strongly. Uh, he drafted Goran Dragic from, uh, that ended up all-star with the Suns. Um, he drafted Luis Scola, who ended up being a very good player with the, with the Suns and, and the Pacers and a few other teams. He, he, he was drafting when nobody else was. He was drafting a lot of foreign players. He, I mean, he drafted Kawhi Leonard with the 17th pick. Nobody, I mean, he traded away who was supposed to be the heir apparent to Tony Parker at point guard, and he picks up Kawhi Leonard, who de- develops into an MVP can- candidate. And then he turns, um, you know, a, a, a late first round pick into DeJounte Murray. So I think there's a lot of credit can be going around. But regardless of what happens with that roster, you, you can't name another coach who you can say, all right, your starting point guard this year is going to get hurt. And DeJounte Murray, you're not really going to have a great number two point guard come in. Your number, your your best player, your franchise player is going to demand a trade. You're going to trade him for a lesser player. And because you have to trade him for a lesser player, you're going to have to give up another key role player in Danny Green. You're going to put all these pieces together. You're going to put a, a, a DeMar DeRozan who doesn't want to be, didn't want to be there. You're going to put together a Rudy Gay who's coming off of ACL surgery who's never really been that productive. You're going to put together a LaMarcus Aldridge who demanded a trade two years ago, but you talked him into staying, and has really not been the player you expected him to be when you signed him to that contract. And they just keep winning. Like, they they were the first team when everybody else was playing big-person basketball. They were the first team to embrace three ball, the three ball when because they had a series where they played stuff and stuff lit them up. And Popovich was like, huh, I should just get a team full of shooters. And they ran the, the 2014 heat up the building. And then now that everybody's gone to shooting, they adapted a more, hey, let's just pound people in the post. Let's take away what, what people are doing. He, he almost has the Warren Buffett approach. Where Warren Buffett says, when everybody's buying, I'm selling. And when everybody's selling, I'm buying. And that's kind of what Popovich does. When everybody's shooting threes, he goes big. When everybody's going big, he shoots threes. He's been able to take whatever talent he has, whatever deficiencies they have, to minimize those. And 22 consecutive years with a winning record, I mean, that might be one of the most impressive streaks in sports. It's up there with DiMaggio's hit streak. It's up there with, with just about anything you can find. I mean, 22 straight years of doing anything. If you are you stay married for 22 straight years, that's an accomplishment. But if you're winning hashtag Charlie Sheen, uh, that, that's, that's impressive. And uh, I'm going to give him the status of the greatest basketball coach 
in professional basketball history. Wow, that says a lot, man. So it's been a lot, a lot of damn good coaches in the NBA. Uh, Jeremy, yeah. what do yeah. you think about that? I think he's definitely got to be in the conversation. I probably would give him a nod as well. Um, but you do have to look at he had, you know, he started with David Robinson and then transitioned with Tim Duncan and transitioned with, you know, Tony Parker, Manager Dobley, Kawhi Leonard. Now everybody's like, oh, man, he's down. He's only has DeMar DeRozan and LaMarcus Aldridge. So um, he's definitely coached a lot of good talent. But I like the way he's adjusted and, and played through different places. I've seen him play through the bigs. I've seen him play um, small ball and shoot threes. I've seen him uh, run through Kawhi, who was a you know primary isolate, primarily an isolation scorer. So you've seen him be able to make adjustments. Um, another coach I would put in that same conversation, even though he hasn't had nearly as much uh, winning success, but the way he's turned teams around, Larry Brown is in that conversation as well. Um, Phil Jackson, I think Phil Jackson is great, but Phil Jackson is always, I mean, Phil Jackson's success has always come with at least one of the top 10 players of all time on his team. And, you know, that's, I uh, you say a lot of that about, about Hoffman. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, that's true. I, yeah. Um, yeah. Um, and also, it's come with very similar rosters from an aspect of, um, you know, a dominant two guard who can who can really run the triangle. Like the, everything's really come out of the triangle. And I would love to see Phil Jackson's ability to adjust and not run out of the triangle. I know there's a lot of different things you can run out of the triangle, but I've seen Pop be able to do it in a lot of different ways, and so I would love to be able to see him do it as well. But you know, shout out to Pop, man. He's uh, definitely a great coach. I think he's uh, showing that. Maybe some of these uh, free agents might want to go to San Antonio to play with him because he, he can definitely turn you into a winner. Absolutely, man. Pop's one of the goats, man. What were you also, about to say, one, Jared? One, one last thing I want to throw out there, too. Popovich also has been one of the main uh, voices of white America that's speaking. I've uh, spoken up whenever there's been issues, whether it's been police brutality or there has been any of those kind of issues. I got to give him a lot of props for that. I mean, there there's sometimes where I think he's too salty and, and – I think he's actually the – Belichick sometimes just gets rude with people. I think Popovich kind of plays the role, but then he kind of laughs, and he has a decent relationship from what you say from the reporters. But whenever there's an opportunity for him to speak out, he spoke – I mean, he spoke out about when Trump got in office about how how he didn't feel like, you know, that Trump should have been in there and about all the, the racist and bigoted um, things that were coming about. He's spoken out about a lot of different things. And in America today, especially in the state of Texas – um, he's gotten some backlash from some of the supporters there, but he's never been afraid to, to speak up and make those points. And that's something that I, I obviously admire from him a great bit because uh, he, he showed the leadership not only just on the basketball court, but off of it. Well, all right. You're right, though, man. Pop, Pop ain't – he ain't never been scared to speak his mind, man. And most of, most of the time what he's saying is uh, – Hundred percent on uh on, on topic and on, on target, if I uh must say. But yeah, man, uh that's you guys got any last last points you wanna throw in there? Jeremy, how you feeling over there, man? You good? You got anything to get off your chest? Yeah, yeah I got a couple things to get off my chest. For one, um if you guys didn't see James Harden's crossover from the night, please just look up James Harden's crossover. Because he turned a guy completely around. It was out it was amazing. And I have a big question. What is the NFL salary cap? And what do some teams have that other teams don't? 
How are the Rams continually signing these people? Why is Clay Matthews able to sign with the Rams? I keep looking up and it's like every week the Rams have signed another person for $12 million. And at some point, they've got to run out of money to pay under the cap. I don't know where this money's going, but hey, good for them. She didn't start to be in the Super Bowl and you won't be there next year. <laughs> well, hey, I, I want to throw out two things. One, um, Texans, please get an office for Lyman. I was so disappointed with our our, uh, our offseason so far. We need to make some moves. Speaking of offensive linemen, Clemson is setting up to have the greatest recruiting class in the history of college football for 2020. We've already signed five All-American offensive linemen. Literally, one of them's rated ESPN number 18 overall. One's ESPN number 29 overall. One's ESPN number 60 overall. One of them's ESPN number 220, I believe, overall. And the other one's right outside of ESPN 300. He's like three. 310 or something if you if you look at how they're putting this roster together and then they're the favorite for like the number one number two number four number six number eight number nine players in the class it might be the greatest recruiting class of all time last thing i want to say this is really serious y'all get off my boy braun walt frazier complaining about lebron sitting on the bench look nobody was whining when your knicks have been trash for the past 35 years. Everybody right now is trying to pile on my boy Braun. It's okay. I posted on Facebook. Any of you and me bros, fans, that want to go to my Facebook, Jared Martin, I posted something. I said, there's a lot of LeBron hate going on. Anybody that doesn't think LeBron's going to run a ring in with the Lakers, comment below. Because I will mock you into eternity. When we get these dubs and get these Good rings, question. let go. Is he going to be playing as a Laker on Space Jam? Because if so, I'll give him that ring. Um, I, w- <laughs> I would just like to say, Jerry, we've been very nice to LeBron because I didn't even bring up the choke factor in um, you know New York and the block that he got blocked by on game winning shot. I didn't bring up any of that stuff. Um, so no, I've been very very friendly with LeBron tonight. He's sitting out with a. Uh, it's uh, load management, right? Listeners can't hear me. Oh, no, no, no. It's, I'm, I'm, the listeners can't see my air quotes, but a growing injury tonight. So, um, oh, so he wasn't 100% healthy when he came back before. Mm, okay. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, by the he, way, oh, they just happen to be playing the Bucks. Okay. By the way, I got something to get off my chest. Kent. Giannis missed tonight, too. Okay. Excuse me. Kent Bazemore. How do you let a grown man turn you into a cat dog on ballerina <laughs> in the middle of Atlanta, Georgia? You got a Hawks uniform on. Man, if y'all know what I'm talking about, yeah, man, golly, he turned him into a. He really put him on a pole. He put <laughs> James Harden. He put Kent Bazemore on a pole. Oh man. He literally took. He literally put that man. He took that man to Magic City, Allure, Onyx. He took that man on oh, the pole uh, too. Real last question. I realized this. This is the last statement, and we can wrap this thing up. I'm not sure if you guys heard about the Bob Kraft news. Robert Kraft, the owner of the Patriots. They said we will dismiss all the charges against Robert Kraft if he admits. That we could find him guilty in a court. Wait, wait. <laughs> Who gets that deal? 
What did they start doing that drill out there? I ain't never. Hey, 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 man. I, Pookie. You got we we I'm busted like, bro, I'm video like, camera. Uh, duh, selling, y'all could y'all could prove crack. me guilty at I any will time. Let you, I, I will am drop guilty. you of all the charges, all these drug charges. I will drop if you admit that we could prove you guilty in a court. Like that's that's uh, that's rich y'all, y'all money. Y'all got me good. Y'all got me good. Yeah, you you could have <laughs> got me. You could. Like, I saw that on the news. I was like, if this ain't the most. Literally, they said we will drop it if you admit that we could prove you guilty. Oh, so we just play Monopoly. We we play Monopoly jail now. Here's a get out of jail free card. I'm done with this. I'm done. 